Here, 50,000 bottles of water were donated to the Tri-Cities churches, and there were about 20, 22 churches that, that joined together, and uh, all week long we passed out water, and then at the parade we, um, we gave out another 15,000 bottles of water at that point, and 22 churches were involved last year. Well, this year uh, the, the 50,000 bottles were not donated, but the heart of the churches um, to where to come together in unity and to serve the community. And all week long during Coast Guard Festival, um, there, there's going to be efforts to clean up uh, the city, to, to do some recycling, uh, to serve wherever they can. I know uh, the Kids Day, they're doing some service projects there um, down at Mulligan's Howell and, uh, and just a lot of different things. But we as a church are joining uh, for two different events. The first is uh, on the Sunday or uh, Monday night, Ju- July 27th at 6 o'clock in Central Park. Um, which is right downtown Grand Haven, we're opening up the Coast Guard Festival with prayer. And uh, we are, it's going to be a unity prayer concert. And uh, it'll be about an hour long, maybe an hour and 15 minutes at the max. And I want to encourage you to, to plan on being out for that on that, on that Monday night. And then on that Saturday, uh, for those of you that have walked last year, uh, we want to encourage you to come on out and do that again. And for those of you that didn't, uh, come on out, join us. It is a lot of fun, and uh, we will be meeting. We'll let you know exactly where, which float we are. The parade is at 1145, so we'll meet about an hour before that, and we'll get the exact location uh, a few days before the parade. And, uh, and basically what we do, we come out, and we love the people, and we're going to uh, give out bottles of water. It's one of the highlights of the uh, parade. People love it when the when the that, that big trailer comes around. Uh, people just cheer and shout, and it's a lot of fun. But it's what it is. It's a desire for the churches to do something together in unity. And, uh, and so there will be about 20 churches uh, again this year that are going to be uh, participating in that, and we're going to be a part of that. And then at the very end of the parade, um, we are going to come through again with a big recycling truck and recycle everything that people throw our way. And so we got kind of twofold there, and we want to make sure you're aware of that. And so uh, you need to sign up, though, today so we, we can know if we need to buy any T-shirts. They're 8 bucks each. Um, and uh, you can see Jessica. There's a sign-up out in the, in the lobby. And, uh, and so we wanted to make sure you're aware of that. And I know this is kind of last minute. We got this week and then next week, and that's it to, to announce and to share. Um, we were holding off uh, just a little bit, um, and uh, we were you know, considering our support uh, financially, and uh, that all came through. We are going to participate, and, uh, and so we're pretty excited about it, and we want you to be a part of it. And uh, so if you haven't done it before, make sure you plan to do it this year. And if you have, come back. You know you had a good time, and uh, it is a good time. The second thing I want to highlight is uh, there's a Mackinac Island trip uh, we're heading to Mackinac Island as families and uh, for students and families, uh, August 14th and 15th, and it's going to be an overnight, uh, spend a day at Mackinac, and uh, there's different price categories. But the cool thing is, is that you get a break if you sign up early and uh, sign up by July 26th and receive five bucks off, and uh, we need a $20 non-refundable 
deposit. And uh, we're hoping that several, several families will, be, will participate and uh, go up and uh, hang out. We are considering it. We haven't made a final decision. I'm hoping that we'll be able to do it. Although Jessica, I'll just tell you, she's not the big camper. And so if she does decide to go, you'll want to go just to see how that all works out. <laughs> all right. And so, uh, but that'll be fun. All right. Well, ushers, why don't you come at this time and we'll uh, receive this morning's tithes and offerings and then we'll dive right into the message this morning. Joe, my friend, let's ask Rich to, to, to pray. He, he's going, ask Rich, ask Rich. Rich, why don't you pray this morning for our offering? song? How many think Amy sings it just as good? I do too. All right, good. Awesome. Well, thanks for being here this morning. We are uh, uh, in a series looking at seven commitments that are found in a healthy church. And uh, we desire to be a healthy church, a healthy body of believers. And uh, these things are not easy uh, to, to look at, to consider in our own lives. And uh, sometimes it's easier to look at others and say, boy, they're doing it well or they're not doing it so well. But this morning, we want to take a good look on, our, in, on the inside saying, boy, how am I doing with these commitments? We started our first week talking about giving up our rights and the fact that if we are truly committed to the Lord, we give our heart to Jesus, at that moment, we give up our rights. We don't have any rights when we belong to Jesus. And we talked about the fact that a lot of times people resist that or struggle with that. But until we understand who God is and how perfect he is and his plan for us, uh, at that moment, then we can rest in the fact that God has our best interest in mind. And so we can give up our rights knowing that we're going to be okay and that God is in control. We also talked about that God wants everything. He wants our possessions and our money, and he wants our time. He, 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 we give up our rights to our ego and to our uh, competitiveness, and he, we give up our rights to, uh, to our anger or our uh, bitterness. Across the board, if we're going to be healthy as a body of believers, we need to be people that truly give up our rights. The second thing we talked about last week was talking about showing up to church, 
a commitment found in healthy churches. People showing up, but not just showing up physically, filling a seat, although like we're like half the, the what we normally are this morning because of the summer or whatever. But uh, you know what's interesting is that we can show up and have a seat, but not be here fully engaged. And we talked about the importance of showing up, not only physically, but we talked about showing up socially, hanging out, uh, hugging someone, shaking someone's hand, saying, hey, how you doing? And then also showing up mentally, ready to learn and uh, to be sharp and to, uh, to, be, to be ready to learn and to grow. And then, of course, to grow spiritually, show up spiritually, ready to have a deeper walk with the Lord. And we talked about showing up. When we do that, we're a bo- there's a body of believers that come together. And there's been a pattern throughout Scripture from the very beginning of time that they took time out and found a place. In the early Scriptures, they, found, they built an altar to, to meet with God. Then they, then they had a tent that kind of moved with them uh, through the children of Israel. And then they built a temple. And, and all throughout Scripture, Jesus was found in the temple. And, and we are to find ourselves with believers and uh, the importance of being together. And it's family. And we talked about that sometimes when we're together as family, it gets messy, doesn't it? If, if you're going to have a good relationship with your spouse or with your kids, it's not always easygoing. There's ups and downs and there's challenges along the way. And the same is true with a healthy body of believers. And, uh, but, and that's really important. When people are committed to these first two things, I believe those are some steps that help to create a healthy place to be. Well, today we're going to look at another commitment on our journey of seven commitments found in a healthy church. And these are foundational to our success, especially this one. It's a building block for for the growth potential that God wants right here at the Gateway Church. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 4, and we'll kind of start there. And uh, just so you're aware, um, uh, I've had about three hours of sleep. (laughs) And um, this morning, I've already like slurred my words. And uh, Pastor Mark, this morning, we were meeting at 8, and he's like, man, you don't look so good. I'm like, well... (laughs) <laughs> that's normal, isn't it? And he's like, no, you look worse than normal. And, uh, and so, uh, uh, Lord, Lord, help us this morning. And, you know, I say, we prayed before church. I'm saying, God, you, we need your help, and, and the Holy Spirit help us. And so let's, let's read this verse, and then we're going to pray and ask God just to, just to touch us, that God would open our hearts, and uh, no matter what we may be facing, that, that this would speak to our hearts today. All right? 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 and 11 we'll read. And uh, it says this in the NIV. It says, Each one should, re- or should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do, do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with, strength, with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Today we're going to look at the body of Christ, looking at a commitment to using our gifts to pick up our ministry, a ministry commitment that is important for each of us to consider. Father, I pray that as we look today at this idea of picking up our ministries, God, I know that for some, It'll be like speaking to the choir. There's some that are in our midst that are very active and know their gifts and, 
and are active in those. And God, we just want to strengthen that and to strengthen that resolve. I also know, Lord, that there are some among us that, that have maybe turned away from their primary gifts and, and maybe are floundering uh, or frustrated in their spiritual gifts or the things that you've called them to do. And God, I pray that you would speak to their hearts, capture their hearts, Lord, this morning. And God, there may be some that have never considered their purpose or their place in the body of Christ. And God, I pray as we talk about picking up our ministry as a ministry, as a, a commitment found in a healthy church, Lord, I pray that it would just speak volumes. And Lord, we'll just give you all the praise, all the glory. Help us, help me, Lord. And uh, God, I pray that you'd help each of the listeners. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, as I was preparing to talk about picking up our ministries, I, rem- I was reminded when I was growing up how ministry was just a part of who our family was. My family, I talked a little bit about it last week, my family was very, very active in the church, like many of your families. We were at the church every time the doors were open, and even when the church wasn't open, it seemed like we were doing something with the church, with church people, and uh, my parents, they sang on the worship team, and they did all the dramas and, and uh, all the different things. A little later, and uh, as we grew, they kind of grew with us in children's ministry, and then through, through youth ministry, they're real active. And it was kind of modeled in the home that, we, that you are part of the ministry, that, that church was part of our lives. And, and that's just the way it was for the Vays. And, and I didn't know any different. And as I grew, I kind of wondered if I would follow in my parents' steps. And I really thought uh, for much of my growing up that I would serve in the local church and, like my parents did. And I thought that I would work on the outside. I thought I'd be an engineer. And I had these great aspirations that be, by the time I was 25, I'd have a six-figure income. Well, that didn't happen yet. And, uh, and, so, but, uh, and I thought, man, I'm going to be an engineer, and I love drafting, and I love numbers, and, and, uh, and God had different plans. When he put a call on my life during a revival service, um, I, God just kind of grabbed me, and I knew without a shadow of a doubt that God was calling me to be in the ministry. I didn't understand what that meant, what that was going to look like. I came home, and I told my parents, I said, Mom and Dad, I felt God was calling me into the ministry tonight. And I can remember, it was Danny Duvall. I don't, has anyone heard of Danny Duvall? Probably not. But uh, he was the evangelist. It was the second week of the revival that was extended. And I wonder oftentimes, if it wasn't extended, would I have captured the call of God on my life? I'm sure I would have. But, but it's just neat how God works things out. But I came home and said, Mom and Dad, I think I'm called to ministry, full-time ministry. And my mom, she kind of minimized what God had done that night. And I'm not sure if you've ever heard of anyone, uh, you know, doing this, but my mom, she loved me greatly, but she said, you know, Ben, we're all called to the ministry. And, and she was right. We are all called into ministry. And, uh, and, I, and I understood that, but what I understood that was that maybe I'm not called into full-time ministry, into vocational ministry. And I kind of walked away from that from a, for a little bit. And uh, it wasn't until later on a missions trip in high school that God reconfirmed that gift uh, or that call on my life. But it was interesting. My youth pastor did not have the same response. When I told my youth pastor what had happened, he said, great. 
And he, what he did is he scheduled me a couple weeks out to preach on a Wednesday night. I was like 12 or 13 years old. And I was just terrified. <laughs> I, I knew what God wanted me to share. Um, it was a devotion that I had heard, that something that we had done with our family, actually. And I knew that that's what God wanted me to share. And I studied and I prepared for hours and hours and hours. And I was nervous as all get out. And uh, I came to that Wednesday night and uh, testing out the water, so to speak, and my parents, they supported it. And uh, I thought I had, I mean, I had an outline. I had, it was, it was beautiful, I thought. And the whole message, start to finish, including the prayer, was just over five minutes long. <laughs> now, I know some of you are saying, man, what happened to that gift of uh, being concise? And man, I'm sorry, I, you know, we're a little longer these days. But I remember that five-minute message it was a first step, and uh, even though I, after that time I kind of turned and didn't focus on ministry all that much uh, after that for a while, but it was a memory about picking up ministry, trying things out, and uh, being called to preach, and someone saying, hey, here you go, try it, <laughs> and, uh, and it was a powerful moment. Since that time, I've loved the verse, Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's workmanship, Right? created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which were prepared in advance for us to do. What that means is that we have a purpose. Each of us have a purpose. We are created. We are God's workmanship. We are not created to just conform to whatever comes our way, whatever the world would throw at us. We're not created to compare one person against the other. We're not going to compare Jason against me, although I was trying to get on my tippy toes. Did you guys notice? You're one of the few that are taller than me. I, I'm not used to that when you're up here. And we're not, compare, we're not to compare. We're not to compete with one another. That's not why we were created. And we weren't created to compromise either. We were created to contribute to the kingdom of God, to make a significant difference for His glory, for God's glory. In each of us, along that way, we are unique and we're special. But sometimes when we consider that, we get frustrated, don't we? How many of you have ever wished you were someone else <laughs> or that you had a different set of gifts or you were in a different situation or you wish life didn't happen the way it did for you? Anybody at all? Sure. Yeah, we get caught up and we say, man, I feel like I'm a square, tried to be pushed into a round hole, and it's frustrating. Sometimes we put all kinds of pressure on ourselves and say, man, I wish I was someone different. Sometimes it's the opposite. Maybe it's someone else saying, hey, you need to look this way, or you need to do this, or you need to turn this way, or, or you need to act this way. And you're saying, that's not me. And again, a square peg trying to be pushed into a round hole, and it's frustrating. And you know, that's not God's best. If you asked me to be a dancer, Jessica could tell you, it wouldn't be pretty, okay? I like to dance, don't I? But I dance in private because God did not give me that gift, all right? I danced one time at a wedding uh, after we were just married, and that's the last time I danced in public because my wife lovingly said, Ben... <laughs> Let's keep that to ourselves, okay? And that's not a gift that God 
has given me. Although I want to be a dancer. I, I think it's so cool when people can have beat and they can... You know, I li- used to lead worship for kids, and uh, you know, we're, kids love motions, right? And I would be constantly messing up the worship uh, motions, and we finally decided when we do camp with it, I would sing, and we'd get people up there that could actually dance and actually do the motions, and then we had better success. It was much better. And uh, and but anyway, but but that's you know, God wants us to be who we were created to be. It's so so important. It's more than a career choice. It's more than uh, uh, you know, who we're going to marry or, or how we're going to live our lives. Uh, it, it's about living life for God's purposes. And when we do that together, when we're committed individually to do the things that God wants us to do, it creates a healthy place, a healthy church. And so today, I want us to examine ourselves personally Ask some hard questions. How are we doing? What does it look like in my life? I want to t- give some courage, hopefully, to, for some of you to step out and to try something that you know that, that you would be great at and to take those first steps. And if you're frustrated this morning in what God's plan is for you, I'm praying that God would just reveal himself to you, that he'd make it clear. And, uh, and then we want to talk a little bit about some opportunities corporately of what God would have for us. Because I believe, without a shadow of a doubt, that churches, that healthy churches, are full of engaged believers who are committed to picking up their ministry. And I hope you believe that as well. I want you to turn with me again. Uh, maybe you're still there in 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 4, these verses we read, verse 10 says, Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve, to serve others. What that says to me is that God wants us to get in the game. He doesn't want us just to sit on the sideline or to, to be out to listen from the streets. Last night, I took my kids to the Whitecaps game in Grand Rapids, and we could have enjoyed the game on the radio. We could have enjoyed the, uh, you know, just got the highlights on TV, you know, at the t- uh, 11 o'clock news, I'm sure. But we decided to get in the car and go enjoy the game in the stands. Now, there's a difference between watching or hearing on the radio or on TV than being in the stands. How many would agree? Sure. But then there's another step. Now, we weren't qualified to play the game because we're, you know, God hasn't gifted me in baseball like that. And my kids are too young. But there is a group of qualified people that decided at one point not just to stay in the stands, to get involved in the game. And they played, and the Whitecaps crushed the, the Peoria, whatever they were, and uh, it was a great game. They were using their gifts. And you know what's interesting is that God wants us to use this, our gifts in a similar way. We could know or we could listen or hear from the outside what's happening at the Gateway Church, right? There's people in the community. We have a reputation in the community, Right? And we want to help make that a good reputation by, the, by our words and by our actions, okay? We also, you could come to church and sort of be in the stands, and that's an important piece to be here, to show up, and that's important. But I believe that each of us have a gift set where we can actually get in the game and be a part, and uh, God wants us to do just that. 
God wants us to get involved and to be, to be plowing together, to be working as a team. As I was studying, I, I, sometimes I study uh, and look at what the Message Bible says. And I love what the Message says, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. When we talk about working as a team and getting in the game, listen to what it says. It says, each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Think about that personally. You were given something to do to show who God is through your life. None of us are exempt from that. And then it says everyone get in on it, and then everyone will benefit. Isn't that great? I love that. We're going to come back and we'll look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 12 uh, a little bit in depth. But I want you to understand a couple things. The first thing is that every believer is spiritually gifted to be doing something. Turn with me to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 gives us some insight here. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 7 and 8 says this, But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. It's not a question, but I... As Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, When he ascended on high, he led captives in his train, and he gave gifts to men. God gave gifts, spiritual gifts. You say, well, when does it happen? When does, when does a spiritual gift arrive? What, what does that look like? Well, if you turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 says this, The body is a unit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I know we're flipping here a little bit. It says, the body is a unit through which it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. And then verse 13, this answers the when. When do we get these gifts? It says, for we all were baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jew or Greek, slave or free, and we all are given the one spirit to drink. At the moment that we accept Jesus as our personal Savior, we are given supernatural gifts to use at the moment of conversion. And these gifts are unique to each individual. Let's back up to verse 11. It says, All these, the works, the gifts of the Spirit, are works of one and the same Spirit. And God gives them to each one just as He determines. Do you believe God gives gifts? And he wants you to use those gifts. Again, in verse 18, uh, chapter 12, verse 18 says, But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wants them. We don't have to worry about, well, what is it that God has? And, and is it the right one? Is it not? No, God knows. If we can tap into what God wants for us, it's going to be beautiful. And we're going to see a lot of fruit bared because of that. If you read uh, chapter 12, verse 12 through 18, you'll see that no one has all the gifts. And not all, any of us are going to carry all these gifts, but together, the body of Christ comes together. We pick up our ministry. The purpose of these spiritual gifts is to bring glory to God. And each one serving 
and it's powerful. Turn back with me to Ephesians for a moment. Ephesians chapter 4, you talk about the purpose of these gifts. It's laid out in chapter 4, starting in verse 12. It, well, let's just you know, go to verse 11. It says, It's he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some evangelists, some to pastors and teachers. Why? What's the reason? What's the purpose? Well, verse 12 gives the first one. And it says there, To prepare God's people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up. First thing, God wants to build up the body of Christ. And he does that by giving gifts to the church through people. Verse 13 talks about the unity of the body. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And then verses 14, 15, and 16 talks about a growth process, a maturity. Let's look at it just real quickly. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful schemes. Instead, speaking the truth in love, something we all need to be encouraged to do, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. As each of us pick up our ministry, doing it in love, there is great, great potential, great health that is added in the body. These gifts are given for the common good. While I was studying, I came across uh, an interesting um, uh, contrast. The difference between human talents and spiritual gifts. And there's eight different uh, differences, I should say, between talents and gifts. And I I want to look at those for a moment. If you're taking notes, these are very interesting. There's one column that would be talents, the other would be gifts. On the talent side, those things are inherited from our forefathers, kind of passed down from generation to generation on the talent side. But on the gift side, these gifts are given by the Holy Spirit. On the talent side, they may be present from natural birth. You may be born with a natural tendency to be able to do something well. But when it comes to spiritual gifts, they become present at the new birth. We've talked about that, 1 Corinthians 12, 13. On the talent side, they're God-given to all members of the human race. God gives abilities to his people. And not all abilities are equal, but he, he gives these things, these talents to us. But when we look at gifts, they're God-given to the members of the body of Christ, to the church. Talents are used for human activities. The gift, spiritual gifts are for ministering within the body of, of Christ in the church. Number five, the talents can be operated independent of the Holy Spirit. How many know you can sing and not sing for the Lord? You can operate outside of the Holy Spirit's gifting, but when, when, it's, a, when it's a spiritual gift, you're dependent on the Holy Spirit. Number six, uh, talents are ministered uh, primarily on a natural level, where gifts are ministered on a spiritual level. 
Number seven, talents are uh, effects uh, are usually temporal. They're not long-term. They're, they're finite. But when we use our spiritual gifts, how many know that those gifts are, they affect the eternal. They're infinite. They go on. And God gets the glory. That's number eight. Where on the talent side, it glorifies self. There's a big difference between just having a talent and having a spiritual gift being used in our lives. And I think it's important for us to realize that, yeah, God gives us gifts. At the moment we receive salvation, that he wants us to be using. We are to earnestly seek these gifts. 1 Corinthians 12.1 talks about in order to pick up our ministry. And God gives us different gifts, different talents. Matthew chapter 25, it's the parable of the talents. And to some he gave five, some to two, some one. And we need to be faithful with what God gives us. And I love what Luke 11, 11 9 says. It says to knock and ask. We need to be asking for these things, asking for God to use us. And when God gives us those gifts, John 3.27 says, A man will receive only what is given to him from heaven. When God gives those things, it's powerful, it's beautiful when people uh, are listening to God and using, picking up their ministry. Ordinary people working in a supernatural light. Why don't you turn with me to Hebrews chapter chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, what's the, the name of that chapter? The faith chapter, that's right. It's a list that's the hall of faith, different individuals that, that had strong faith. What I want you to see is that these were ordinary people living out their kingdom purpose, picking up their ministry in their time, in their generation. Whether you look at Noah or Abraham, Joseph, Moses, Rahab, the list could go on and on. They're ordinary people doing supernatural things because they realized the gift of God that God had put on their heart. I heard a story about a guy. His name is John Baker. Has anyone heard of John Baker with Celebrate Recovery Ministries? It's an international, uh, worldwide ministry these days. Well, John Baker was not always saved. In fact, he was so addicted to alcohol, he almost destroyed his own life, almost faced death on a couple circumstances. He also, it, because of his addiction, he almost lost his wife, he lost his kids. It was about to, uh, to take his life straight, straight to hell, he tells. But John Baker found himself in the local church and everything changed. God got a hold of his life. He found God. As, God. as God was working and shaping and molding him, through the first year that he was saved, God put a, a dream in his heart to be able to help people that were in his condition. And God birthed this dream of celebrate recovery. And he, had, he was scared. He didn't know what to do. He, he, he would talk to, to different people, and some people said, man, you're crazy. You know, that'll never work. That's what AA's for. That's what, you know, these, there's all kinds of programs. But he said, no, this is what God has put in my heart. His pastor encouraged him to move forward. They launched a ministry, and within years, a couple years, they went international. 
The Celebrate Recovery caught on a spiritual look, similar to like a Teen Challenge type look is what I understand. And to date, millions of people have been helped through this program. They were actually recognized, uh, John Baker was, for, uh, by George Bush uh, uh, back in 2004. And they, they recognized him for his work in the recovery field, bringing a Christian perspective. A normal guy picking up his ministry, being used by God for God's glory. And what's so neat is that each of us have that potential to tap into what God has for us to be used, to be stretched for his glory. The bottom line is that you can be used by God. And what I believe God wants us to do is for us to consider the gifts, the strengths that God gives us, right? And then I believe that kind of aligns with the passion that God births inside of us. And when those things intersect, it's like a sweet spot. And many of you know what I'm talking about, and it just makes sense, and there's a, there's a joy and a, a happiness that happens, and, and it's a sweet spot of ministry, picking up the things that, that God would have, and it's almost effortless how God works those things out, and there's great action and great progress, and God gets tremendous glory out of our lives. Turn with me to one more scripture, Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12 is a great chapter talking about being a living sacrifice. We'll start in verse 1 because I love it, uh, verse 1 and 2, but I want to focus on 3 through 8. But um, verse 1, it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Then it says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, which we talked about. We were not created to conform, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, his pleasing, his perfect will. And then look at verses 3. It says, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought to, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance to the measure of faith that God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, many parts, these members do not all have the same function, and thankfully so. So in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Now, starting in verse 6, you're going to see some action that, that is being encouraged here. And I want you to consider your own life, even now as I read these things, what is it that God has called you? What are the strengths that God has given you? Where is the passion in your life? And where do those things intersect? What is the sweet spot of ministry potential for you? Because it says here, it says we have all different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. What I read there is that, man, whatever the gift is, do it. 
Step out. Test the waters. Be faithful. Let God use you for his glory. And what's so great about the body of Christ and how God puts together a group of people for a certain time in a first certain place is we do that together. It will be a foundation, a building block for us to continue to grow, to continue to see health among us as we each pick up our ministry. Now, if you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Romans chapter 12, and Ephesians chapter 4, those three chapters, it encourages us to explore out the things that God would have for us. Explore. Look. Find out what God's plan is for your life. After we explore, we need to experiment with with what God uh, has for us. That's the stepping out, the taking the risk, and uh, moving, making some action points to it. Then we need to examine and evaluate. How do we feel about it? How effective are we? Is there fruit in what we are trying to accomplish? Again, if I were endeavoring to be a great dancer, I'm not sure it's in me, okay? And the fruit would show. And then that leads us to the next one, is that we should expect some confirmation. (laughs) If, If God is moving, there would be confirmation for each of us. You are unique. Each one of you are wonderfully complex. How many are familiar with the story by Max Lucado. It's a children's book, powerful, called You Are Special. Anyone ever read that, seen that book? I love that book. We have it at home. I forgot to call you this morning. I forgot to pick it up. I was going to have it with me. But it tells a story of this, of a group of, of wooden people, people that were made out of wood, that were painted. Some were chipped and dull and tired looking. Others were shiny and sharp, and and sparkling. And in this community of wooden people, every day were distributed different stickers. Some stickers were golden stars that were stuck on, and other stickers, the other option, were gray dots. And as you can imagine, those that were pretty, those that were sparkly, those that were shiny, received gold stickers, right? And all over, gold stickers, and they stood out, and they were proud. But those that were tired, those that were chipped, those that were worn out, received gray dots. Well, Punchinello, the main character, he was one that was a little worn, a little tired, and he was receiving gray dots every day. And it concerned him. He wondered, how in the world could I receive a gold star? And he was all confused about it. And, and as time went, he met this girl named Lucia. And Lucia was unique. She didn't have gold stars, but she didn't have gray dots either. And what's interesting about the story is that Lucia, nothing would stick to her. People would come up and try to give a gold star, but it would fall right off. They would try to stick a gray dot, but it would just fall off. And Punchinello approaches Lucia and says, what's the secret? Well, the secret was that Lucia took Punchinello to Eli, the wooden crafter, the one that made them. And the point was that that stickers only stick if you allow them to. 
And the point of the book, which is just powerful, it's, I know it's a kid's story, but it just it relates to me. I know that. The point is that we are each uniquely made, and in the eyes of our Creator, we're perfect, just as we are. And the book ends with Punchinello walking out after that revelation, and one of those gray dots starts to fall off. And the idea is that he was going to walk like Lucia, understanding who he was. Now, I'm not sure how many of you have tried to be something that you're not, tried to fill a role or tried to accomplish something that was out of your expertise or out of your giftedness. I know when I was uh, younger, I used to love to skateboard. And, and uh, what would they call skaters that really couldn't st- skate? Posers, that's right. You could. I was kind of a poser, and uh, and I and but I, you know, I had the clothes and I had the shoes. I even had a skateboard, but again, I wasn't the. You know, I was tall and lanky, and and um, and not coordinated in those ways, and 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 I was frustrated by that. And if you bring that over to those spiritual gifts that God, you know, has, there are times that people will try to force you to be something you're not, and that can be frustrating. And you may be here this morning and you have all these expectations. Maybe it's from your family or from your spouse or from whoever. You're saying, man, I can't fit into that hole. That's not me. And I just want to say it's okay because you're special. You're unique. God has a plan for you. Sometimes it's self-generated. You want something so bad that you force it and, it's, and that's not right either. You say, well, what should we do if we're frustrated? Well, Punchinello, the more time he spent with the Father, with the Creator, the more he understood that, man, he was special, he was unique, and those, those dots started to pop off. And I would say the more time we spend with our Father, asking God, saying, man, God, we know you created us. What is it that you've handpicked for me to do, to be about? And he will show you your unique gift. And when he does, you're able to pick up your ministry. You know, we are all vessels. God talks about us being like clay in the potter's hand. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 through 18 talks about that we are treasures. And inside of us, we have these gifts, this, this, uh, this good stuff, but we are just broken vessels. But it's the gift of God inside of us that works through us when God fills us so we can give back, not for our glory, not so we can look good, but for His glory. And the way we can do that is to remain pliable, usable, and willing. And when we have a body of believers together committing to pick up our ministry, it's a healthy church, a strong church. Our goal at the Gateway Church, as we've talked the last several months at board meetings, one of our goals is that we would have every person functioning in their gifts, working for God's glory. I believe that there's a primary area intended for each one of us to be working together as a team. 
one primary area for each of us. Now, some of you say, man, I've, I've got like, I do like six things. And, and as we've talked as a board, we are moving to the place where we're saying, you know, instead of doing six things, just okay, let's do one thing well. And there's going to be times we'll pick up other things along the way. And that's okay. But what is that one thing that God would have you do here, picking up your ministry for the health of the body? This is foundational for us. As we listen to the Holy Spirit, as He leads us, as He guides each of us individually, my heart for us is that we would say, okay, God, I'm willing. I'm willing to be used. Where you've been frustrated, and once you understand your purpose and your, your plan, which many of you have, I understand that, there is great joy, there's great benefit that comes with that. And what's interesting is that as each of us pick up the things that God has, we will be able to move forward as a body of believers and impact this community like never before. Impact the world like we've never been able to impact before. So what is that for you? Where would God be drawing you these days? What special gifts has he imparted into your life? Not for your glory, not for your benefit. We're not talking about talents. What are the spiritual gifts that God has given? That's the strengths combining with the passion to create that sweet spot of ministry for you to function in. Some of you know exactly what it is. I love that. And we want to cultivate that and provide opportunity for that. Others of you may say, man, I don't know. I'd love to know. And others of you have been frustrated, maybe because you haven't followed the Lord in obedience and walked in those ways. And I'm praying that God would just put his hand upon you and give you supernatural boldness starting today to be able to walk in those things as God would provide. I want us to stand this morning to consider these things personally just for a moment. We won't tarry long here. But before we consider our, our lives in ministry, picking up our ministry as a commitment to a healthy body of believers... I'm wondering, is there anyone here today that has stumbled in and, and that is away from the Lord that would like to get their heart right with Jesus today? Like Jason's mom, you're tired of running, tired of taking chances. Is there anyone here today that would like to accept Jesus as your personal Savior? Okay, I don't see any here. one of two things. Either we're all believers, which I, I believe that's the case, or there's someone that's not being honest at this moment. That's, that's between you and God. But for those of us that are believers, I want you to know that at the moment you received Jesus, He had a plan for you. A spiritual gifts, a set of gifts, to be used for his glory.
And I want to challenge you this morning to be faithful, to work those things out in your life. And I realize that many of you are doing just that. And we could share the lots and lots of benefits. But this morning, I want to focus on those that, that maybe are frustrated, maybe are confused, or maybe just are flat out disobedient. You know what God's gift is. head bowed and eyes closed this morning in a moment of looking on the inside where are you this morning is God drawing you leading you to pick up your ministry in his time If your heart is to be about God's business, to be doing the things that God wants you to do, why don't you just slip up your hand right where you are, just as a sign saying, you know, God, I, I want to do your will. I want to be about your business. Just slip it up. You can put it right back down. Sure. Who else in this moment say, you know, Pastor, well, I want to be used by God in my gifts. Father, we just ask in this moment, God, that you would touch us, that you would speak to us for your glory and for your honor. God, I pray that you would provide opportunity for each one of us to pick up our ministry. The primary area that you desire for us to be serving and to be used. And God, I pray that there will be great benefit that comes from that as we serve together. God, that it would not be a burden, but it would be a, a, just a joy to serve, to be working for you. God, shape us, mold us. God, we say, we give you permission to mold us. Keep us pliable, God. Keep us workable. And God, I know that there's frustrating moments in our walk and there's times where we may turn and we, we walk away from the primary gifts you've given us. But God, I pray that you would challenge us right now to be working in those areas. And God will give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name. This morning, if you need prayer for anything, Jessica and I will stick around. Board members will stick around. If not, go in the grace of God. Enjoy the rest of the day. And uh, if you think about it, uh, send Jeremy and Richie a note. Let them know we're praying for them, thinking about them. And uh, God bless you. We will correspond throughout the week. Get the word out. Next Sunday night, 6 o'clock, uh, we'll have a celebration service for the service. God bless you as you go.